My topic tonight is, is the coronavirus a punishment from God? I want to repeat it. Is the coronavirus a punishment from God? Uh, don't, don't worry. Uh, I, I took a study for more a year about that topic because I don't care what the newspaper is writing about it or YouTube is saying. For me, it's important. What is the word of God saying about that virus? And uh, of course, there comes the question that everyone has. Is the coronavirus invented by God in heaven? Question number one, or could be that the coronavirus is made in China, like Wuhan, or maybe invented to Bill Gates, America. But there's one thing for sure, coronavirus has not started in Switzerland. Do you know why? We are friendly, and we are very neutral. We never will do that, you know? That's, that's for sure. Hey, isn't that crazy? Like a year ago, a guy took a picture in Canada, and for the very first time, he saw a police officer protecting toilet paper. Can you imagine? I mean, they were protecting not people, not animals. The toilet paper was the most protected thing on planet Earth. People were afraid of running out of papers in the lockdown. It's crazy. And another thing is, I know a lot of people, you don't like masks. I understand that. Because if you're going on vacation, come home, you, it looks very weird, right? And there was a good news uh, some uh, month ago because there was like a two-meter distance, right? But then the government made the, made the decision, now it's over, the Swiss people can go back to five meters. That, that's our, our whole, whole style. I want to I start in the beginning with some funny because I figured out that the coronavirus around the world split the churches, families, and friends in two groups, right? Here's a graphic that uh, came up a year ago. A lot of people, they say, vaccine is so important. If you're not doing the vaccine, you are killer. You're killing people. You are the reason. That's why the number's going up. No, the reason is why too many people testing. Stop testing. And there's no coronavirus anymore, right? And a lot of people will say, no, no. Uh, the vaccine doesn't make sense. We have people in our church, some believe in vaccination. Some people say, that's senseless, right? About that topic, the churches, friendship, and even uh, a lot of um, companies are in two groups. And in the beginning, when the coronavirus took place in Europe, around the whole world, God gave me a very unique illustration said, it doesn't matter if you believe in vaccine or not, whatever is your position, when we come together in the church, in the small group, in my family, you know what unites us? Jesus. And Jesus Christ, when you put his circle together, he is in the center, he is in the midst, and Jesus is the reason for everything. Let's give Jesus for that a big round of applause, come on. This is the center in our church. When we come together, we are not agree about anything, right? We don't have to be agreed about anything, but we agree about Jesus Christ. We make the most thing, the most important thing, and it's still Jesus Christ who heals, forgives, and redeems. That's our foundation. A lot of people, you're not doing vaccine in the church. We're doing Jesus in our church. And Jesus is enough. Right? Come on. So um, I did a study for more a year, uh, and the, we're not the first uh, generation who had a virus. Do you know that? There's a lot of people, thousands of years before us, a lot of people, more people died 
of viruses than in a war. This is crazy. And uh, we produced a clip, just give you some numbers and facts and figures about the viruses that took place around history in our world. When you see all these numbers, it's very shocking, right? You saw how many people died already to a virus. And now comes the question, what is the newest thing? What is the different from the past and now? It's the speed. The people that are saying the last 40 years, six pledges took place in our world. It was like AIDS, the SARS, the swine flu, the MERS, Ebola, and COVID-19. And the Bible says in the last couple of times, it's like a birth of a baby. The waves getting faster and bigger, the intensive getting stronger from month to month, from day to day. That means the virus getting bigger and stronger and gets an amazing speed. And that's the difference to all the virus that took place maybe 1,000 years ago. Now, when you uh, take a research in the Bible, is coronavirus uh, um, a punishment from God, and you Google in Bible app coronavirus, you will not find coronavirus in the Bible. <laughs> really, you can do it, but you will not be successful. But I did a study, and the Bible is using the words for virus. More than 170 times you find the word plague and pestilence in the Bible. It's the same thing like coronavirus or Ebola or, or AIDS, actually. The Bible is mentioned more than 127 times in the Old and also in the New Testament about viruses. They will take place. We made a decision, my wife and I, we, we want to read five Bible verses to you guys out of 127. Only five, or you want to have 127? No, just five. We took the five most positive verses about the virus that you still not be depressed. Okay, are you ready for the yeah. Word of God? Thank you so much. The first one is uh, from Pharaoh, and uh, it's the fifth of ten plagues, and God says, the hand of the Lord will bring a terrible plague on your livestock in the field, a terrible plague. And the interesting thing is, God announced it to the leaders of Egypt before the plague came several times, but then they wouldn't listen. They wouldn't let the Israelites go, and that's why he gave a plague. As you can 
can see here in the first Bible verse. Then we have another one. The second one is from the Philistines. The Philistines were in war with the Israelites and the Israelites were so desperate so that they brought the Ark of Covenant into the battlefield. But unfortunately, the Philistines had stolen the Ark of Covenant. But when they had it in their own country, they get sick as we read here for the same trouble here translated in the New Life Version is translated with trouble. In other um, translations, it's translated with plagues and, and terrible sickness or whatever you will find there because they had stolen the Ark of Covenant. And for them it was clear it was a punishment from God. This is the Bible verse with the Philistines. Then we have the Israelites itself. Um, God is a God who wants to bless us. He really wants to bless us. When you read in Deuteronomy 28, you see a whole list of the blessing God has prepared for his people. But where is the blessing? There is on the other hand also a curse because without the curse is no blessing possible. So the curse is he will bring on you all the diseases of Egypt, all the diseases of Egypt. Another sign that disease comes, it's a curse from God here in this text. But the Israelites could choose either blessing or curse. And the other one is Gog and Magog. These two names are a symbol for all the people. Um, they are against God and against his people. And we will read, I will execute judgment on him with plagues and bloodshed. Here again, the word with plagues, plagues and bloodshed. I will pour down torrents of rain, hailstones and burning sulfur on him and his troops and on the many nations with him. So this is again a Bible verse that says punishment will come, plagues will come, disease will come when you are against the God's people and the people who believe in God. And the last one is says turning away from God. So the Israelites were in the desert and they were complaining so much. They were complaining and mourning and mourning and complaining. And then God answered their prayer, as it says in Psalm 106. So he gave them what they asked for, but sent a wasting disease among them. This is how God works with just these five Bible verses to give you an overview about the plagues, about the diseases, and about the troubles. You will see this actually in the Old Testament for those people that believe we are living a new uh, covenant. It's all done. It's not true because the book of Revelation is telling us what will come in the future. It's the, just the best five out of 127. Be happy we took out the best five because I can feel the atmosphere is amazing. Because you don't like this topic, right? Because it's about, it goes too deep a little bit, but you have to understand one thing. People often think, when I read those Bible texts, that means God is really a bad God. God is a punishment God. We don't understand God is full of love and mercy. Do you know why? When Jesus was in the garden, uh, um, in, the, uh, in the garden Gethsemane, he said, God sent so many prophets 
He warns the people of God again and again and again and again and again. Listen, and again and again and again. What does the Holy Spirit do in your life? He repeats again and again and again. He wakes you up and again and again and again. And after 10 plagues like the Pharaoh, God comes with signs and miracles from heaven and say, your life is fragile. But I am the God. I want to have a relationship with you. How can I have relationship with you? It's the same thing when you have kids. No father wants to punish his daughter or son. I don't know nobody in Switzerland. We only do the punishment because, you know, it's the only one. After 10 times, don't do it. Don't do it to get the heart back. Do you understand that? God is a God of mercy and grace and does everything to win our hearts. But after 10 times, God says, okay, that's the only one I can do to get your attention back. I want to bring four uh, viruses, what people said, what could be the punishment. Let's start with the Spanish flu in the year 1918. I mean, millions of people died. And some people said the punishment of God to that virus was the first world war, colonialismus, and people turned away from God. God punished people of just robbing nations. And God said, stop, <laughs> don't do it. Uh, AIDS, actually, in the year 1987, people will say why AIDS was invented. Some people said the punishment of God is for sexual immorality. God said, if you go hard, what sexuality is, do it. But I, I want to prove to you, I'm stronger than your sexual lust. I don't say it's right or wrong. I just want to repeat what some people believe. Then some people believed in Ebola. They said Ebola was, took place. The, liber, uh, the Christians in Liberia, they said it's corruption and immortal acts. That's why God punished them. But we don't care about what's in the past, right? You came here and you paid the tithes. <laughs> you gave something in the bucket, right? Do you know Pastor Leo? What's about COVID-19? What is the punishment from God in that virus? Now you're waiting. And listen to me, I don't say this is my, what I believe. I just want to repeat what some people are saying, big prophets around the world are saying, there must be a reason. God can stop this virus like this, boom, it's over, right? Right? God can heal a person, boom, you healed. God can raise a head, boom, like this. God can do one snip and the virus is game over forever, right? But after 18 months, the virus is still around the corner. There must be a reason but God is saying, I let it grow. I let it happen because maybe I want to teach the world something. Maybe. Are you ready? Some big prophets are saying it's no coincidence that the virus started in China. Why in China? China are persecuting Christians and the churches for many, many years. You cannot be a believer in China. That's why it started in China and the whole world at the moment, it's easier to be gay than a Christian. 
around the world, if you believe in God, you're flipping stupid. And the whole world, wherever you go, it's against Christianity. And God maybe let the virus happen to shake the world and say, if you treat my people of God like this, I want to treat you in another level. I don't say this is the fact, but it could be maybe the truth. And I think we Christians, we should read the, the moment where we're living in. We are filtered by YouTube and, and Instagram and all those things. But let's read the Bible and give an understanding. There's a sign and a signal from God Almighty. I want to give you some biblical facts. It's important for me that this topic is very solid when I preach about it. There are some biblical facts. Point number one, all sickness, diseases, and natural disasters are results of the sin before Adam and Eve. There has not been such a thing as virus or death or sickness has not been a place. The sinfall of man is the reason why a lot of people right now in this building, you lost your hair. You have a bad brief breath or maybe you fought before Adam and Eve. Those things are not, well, have not been a place. And the Bible is saying, even the nature is crying, longing for redemption. We're living in a fallen world. That is the reason why virus takes place all over the world. The point number two, some sickness are natural disasters, are direct results of the individual and national sin. National sin means Pharaoh in the Old Testament. One guy was, was hindering the plan of God because of one guy a whole entire nation of Egypt had to suffer. Do you know there's always a black sheep somewhere in the family? You know that? If you don't find a weird, a weird person, a weird person in your family, then, then it's you, the guy who is weird. There's always a person who is, is weird, and God is saying because of one person, a whole nation was under the curse. And the point number three, now comes, no one on earth can say for sure that the coronavirus is the outpouring of a divine judgment. Why not? Because God hasn't said so. And that is very important for me. Is the coronavirus a curse from God, a punishment from God? Yes, or maybe no, I don't know. That's the point. But what I know, we're living in a fallen world and we're living in that fallen world. I want to ask you, Four profound questions. Is COVID-19 a judgment of God? This is the question that people ask me. The late, last 18 months in social media, all the emails. I have four thoughts for you guys. First, our fallen and sinful world is already on the judgment. Is our world already on the judgment? My answer is yes, of course, we are experiencing right now judgment. The question number two, can specific diseases or pledges be a judgment from God? Can it be that coronavirus is a curse, a punishment from God? For sure it's not invented in Switzerland, this I told you. Yes, it can be. Don't tell me it's not because you're not God. A lot of people say, no, it cannot be. How flip flip? Do you know that? A lot of Christians, we are very arrogant. We don't know the plans of God, right? It can be. Absolutely, we don't know. Question number three. Now, are all diseases or pledge 
a judgment of God. Means if I'm sick, it's just always, always a judgment of God. My answer is no. You cannot say every time because the same thing when you go to a doctor and you're sick, you say, doctor, is this just a flu or is it something really traumatic? You go to a check to the doctor. If I am sick, I ask, I ask God with a very simple question, God, is there a lifestyle in me that produces that sickness? Just ask God the question. The same question you ask the doctor, is all good or is something not good? Ask God the question. It can be that the lifestyle causes a sickness in your life or sometimes there's no reason. Question number four. Is God warning us for a greater future judgment to come and calling us to be ready? Could it be it's a signal and a sign? And my answer is yes, of course. It is a sign and a signal from God Almighty in the last 18 months. And we Christians, we talk about, should we lock the church? Should we open the church? Should we sing with mask, without the mask? This is not even the main question. The main question is God shaking the world because God has a message. And we Christians, we think about vaccine or not vaccination. That's not even the main topic. And my question, and I want to end the message with, with uh, something positive, what will Jesus say about COVID-19? If Jesus Christ will be here, he will be here in Switzerland, the most beautiful place on earth. He will be right now here in ICF. This is what I know because we are good friends. When Jesus will be here, what will Jesus say about the coronavirus? In Luke chapter 21, verse 11, there will be great earthquakes and famine and pestilence in various places. The Bible is saying, it, a lot of things will take place. But for me, when I study the book of Revelation, and the book of Revelation is a very special book, what will come in the future, right? And the Bible is so clear, it says, when all those things will take place, what is the job of the body of Christ? What is our response as a church, as Christian? Two things. The book of Revelation says first, get ready, be ready, every moment, with corona, without corona, be ready. Point number one, share the gospel. Our job is share the gospel to a lost world. Get ready, share the word. I want to close with some challenges for myself Point number one, get revived with a mission. Let's be revived with a mission. Why am I saying be revived with a mission? A lot of Christians around the world, we are fear. Fear sneaked in. Fear, it's a bigger virus than Corona. A lot of people, they do nothing anymore. I can be infected. I can die. Yes, even before Corona, you could die. You can die anyhow. You can be crushed, run over with an electric bike and you're dead. That is nothing new, you know. But for the very first time, God is teaching us, life is fragile. You don't have your life in your hands. Do you know how many people are dying every single day because of a heart attack, of cancer, 
Nobody speaks about those things, about smoking and eating too much sugar and your body is not fit. We can die anyhow. And here's my point. A woman asked me, there's just one person out of many. She asked me the question. She said, I'm married and we are, have a big debate about pregnancy. Should we have a baby? I said, why do you ask me this question? She said, yeah, when I read the book of Revelation, the Bible says, it's not good in the last time to be smart. When Jesus Christ comes, before he comes, if you're, if you're pregnant, it's not a good season. And that's why we think we, will, we don't want to have babies. And other people say, I don't like twins. I don't like MasterCard. I don't like the idea of, of have not real money anymore. Because if you only can buy and sell with a MasterCard, you get a chip, and all of a sudden you cannot buy, you cannot sell. That's why I don't have Twint. That's why I don't have Telegram and data and all those things. And what I hear, but a lot of Christians are so depressive. So depressive. I am not led by fear. The Holy Spirit with power and wisdom lives inside of us. Come on. Come on. <laughs> lives inside of us. I have a, a picture, I love it, about the lion. For me, the devil is like a roaring lion, right? He roars so loud at the moment around the world. But the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ, the real lion, lives in me. Fear not what is before you, for those that care are behind you. And the message is, we have a mission. Do you know what is our mission? It's quite simple. Go out, spread the world. Lead your friends to Christ. Train them to be, become disciples. Baptize them and teach them to multiply their faith into other people. This is our main mission. Let's be the main thing. Be the main thing. It seems like an awakening. Hello, church. Stand up. The finest hour is not behind us. It's in front of us because God has given us a mission. Come on. Come on! Can I hear an amen? Come on! Wake up! God has given you a mission, a vision, a calling. Wake up! Wake up! You're so quiet. That's why God goes on with the virus. Until the church is on the flipping knees. And I haven't seen the church around the world on the knees. We are not there yet. Hey, dear friends, it's not a game. I see so many fearful churches, so many fearful Christians. We're walking around, and God has taken the security away. Do you know why? We have to be a fearful church, a church who believes we are a force, a power of salvation, of healing, and growth. We need a mission to win a lost world for Christ. Hey, I'm pumped. I'm coming from America. And when I preach like this, people will stand. But here, as quiet you get means, oh, it hits you. Sorry, you are on fire. 
Hey, another point is get revived with your family. I remember a quote from Andy Andrews, and he says, remember, it's not about raising great kids, but it's all about raising kids that become great adults. And you won't imagine how many times I was embarrassed because I felt like my kids weren't great kids. They had a lot of attention on themselves, but not in a positive way. For example, when they were five and seven, they stood in the way of, of the road and making an elderly lady coming by bike, she shook because they were just in the way. And they were laughing at her, and I was so embarrassed because all I want to have was great kids. And then another situation, a teacher called me and he said, Mr. Big Mrs. Bigger, do you know that you get a fine of um, 60 Swiss francs if you spit in public? I said, yes. And he said, your son just spit in a pool today because he was teaching our kids to swim. Another situation then, uh, uh, a father called me and he said, listen, we have to talk. The way your son is treating my daughter is way beyond. It's not what I am, I am expecting. And I was so embarrassed because I would love to have great, great kids. But the fact is, these situations gave us the possibility to teach our kids because when they are not with us, I would love to have them to, to feel in their heart what is right and to do it and to know how to do it, even though they are not with us. This is our, when we raise kids that become great adults, when they know what is right inside and can do it also without us because... We all know our kids will not always be just our kids, but they will become great husbands or great wives. They will become maybe the parents of our grandkids, or maybe they will become bosses or CEOs or whatever. They, they just worker or whatever they become much more than just our kids. And there, we would make sure that they shine for Jesus. They bring the message out. And therefore, it's not that important that our kids just always fit in because you cannot fit in and stick out in the same time. Come on. Woo! Come on. I love it. So the book of Revelation is saying, get ready. And my question, are you ready? I want to ask you really a question. If you know you will live for 15 minutes, and from now on 15 minutes you, you are dying, are you ready to meet the Lord? My mom had 15 minutes before she said goodbye, and then she knew I will meet my Savior. And I want to ask you the question, are you ready? Is your life in order? Do you have a clear mission? Is your family on course? This is my question. Nobody is perfect. The book of Revelation is not saying be perfect when Christ comes ready. Be ready. Be ready means I live in expectance. The king of all kings come back. And God is allowing a virus to take place because he shakes the world. He shakes the church. I have seen around the world a lot of churches shrink the lost people. You didn't lost to revive people. You just left the people that just sit in the church. 
And that's the difference. You understand what I'm talking about? My question is, are you revived with a clear mission, with your family, revived in your job? What do I mean revived in your job? It's not just enough to earn money. I believe God positioned yourself in a company. Do you know why? Do you know why you work in a company? You are the salt and the light. You may be the only Bible that people will ever read. And God put you in a bank or in a business place to be a messenger on behalf of Jesus Christ. My prayer was always, God, bring people across my way. They're open for the gospel. I don't want to spend time with people that are close-minded for God, but a lot of people that are seeking for the truth and pray, God, connect me with those people. When I play golf, when I'm in the airport or flying, God, connect me with the right person left and right where I sit to lead them to Christ. That's our job. Be revived at your working place and in closing, get revived if you group, small group, or also micro churches. I want to close with 2 Timothy 2, verse 2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to re reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Our job is to multiply our faith in other people. They will go out, win people for Christ, and they baptize people for Christ. They make those two disciples of Jesus Christ. And one day you are so strong and so fit, and you will do the same thing again and again and again and again and again. So in closing, is coronavirus a punishment from God? Yes or no? I don't know. The only thing what I know, God allowed the virus to happen. And all this time when God allows something to happen, there is a message, a sign, and a signal. And I want to read it. I want to embrace it. And say the finest hour of my life, of the local church, is now. Do you know why? When things are happening, getting really heavy and really dark, the light is always stronger. Miracles are always stronger and bigger. And I believe in the next month we will see tremendous miracles of God, signs of God, provision of God, all those things because God stands to His people. You are a son and a God of the Most High God. Let's give God for that a big round of applause. Come on, church. He is and always will be.